1 Corinthians 12 is where we're going to be this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and um, as you look for it, um, let me just remind you, um, a couple of weeks ago that we looked at Ephesians 5, and I, I'm doing kind of a mini-series and looking at, at a couple of thoughts about the church, the local church, um, and uh, the last time we did this in Ephesians 5, the idea was Christ loved the church, do you love the church? And if you look closely at Ephesians 5, which we won't look at it today, but there are two pictures of the relationship between Christ and the church. There's that of the bride of Christ. And when you think about a groom and how a groom treats a bride, um, he loves that bride. He gives for that bride. He takes care of his bride. That's, by the way, if you're a groom, if you're a husband, that is your role to love and cherish and take care of your bride. Right, men? Oh, man, last week was Father's Day and you're not engaged. Right, men? Yeah, okay, all right, take care of your bride. Uh, I'll, I'll switch the message. We're going to talk about marriage this morning. <laughs> Forgiveness, <laughs> how to sleep on couches. Um, so, so that was picture number one, the bride of Christ. And then the other picture there in Ephesians 5 is about the body of Christ. The bride is about what Christ gives to us. The body is about our responsibility to give back to Christ and how a body is supposed to function and a body has members and those members serve together to function and serve. And we're not just here to receive, we're here to give. And, and that is the idea that launches us kind of into this thought this morning in 1 Corinthians 12. This passage is about the body of Christ. So as we stand, we're going to read out of respect for God's word, we're going to read uh, beginning in verse 12, 1 Corinthians verse, chapter 12, verse 12. And Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, reminding them, teaching them about uh, what the local church body is supposed to function like. And it says in verse 12, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are, being many are one body, so also is Christ. He uses the church as an example of those that have been placed in Christ at salvation, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, this is salvation, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. That's a very important verse, so I'm going to read it again. But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. Membership matters to God. Every person matters to God and if they were all one member where were the body if it was all noses okay and that's a silly illustration but if it's all noses that's not a body I mean you'd you'd smell in a in the right way you'd smell but that's all you could do you couldn't run you couldn't well make noses do run never mind okay so that was not in my notes that was off the cuff okay which is now gather okay verse 21 and the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. 
And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism, no rent, no tear, no division in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another." And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ. He's talking to the church at Corinth. Ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that miracles. These are the sign gifts um, for the Jews. We believe these were fulfilled in the completed revelation of God. But there were some still in those times having those gifts. The gifts of healings and helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gift of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show unto you a more excellent way. And if we were talking in context, we would go right into chapter 13 and say, here's the more excellent way, rather than fight over who has the better gifts, just love each other. If you have love, you will, you will deal with your gifts in the right way. You won't be jockeying for position or trying to have the best gifts. No, here's the excellent way. Use your gifts in love. And if you do that, you won't have to worry about division. That's the idea. And I wish we could get into that, but we won't this morning. The idea is there's, there's so much and there's not nearly enough time to do it. But I'd like to speak to you this morning on the importance of your role in the body of Christ. And specifically, not everybody's a member at Eastside. We have guests here. We have others from other churches. But, but just understand, I'm speaking to members of Eastside um, in, in generally and then those that are considering being members of Eastside as well. When I say body, I'm not talking about something invisible or universal. I'm talking about an assembly. A body is together. It's joined together. It, it functions together. And God has a place for every person in a local body. That is his plan for the life of every person on planet earth. It's to be saved, be baptized, and join, be a part of a local church functioning to help that church fulfill the, the mission of that church, the Great Commission. But we often miss the blessing of serving and growing because we don't assume our place in the body. And I'd like to emphasize that importance this morning that every member matters. Every person has their place and it all matters to God. So let's pray that he'll bless the reading and our time together. God, we love you. We need you. We cannot do this without you, and I pray that you'd help me, Lord, as I present this. You know, it's been on my mind for a while, and I want to do it in the right way, and I, I, I want to uh, present it in a way that's biblical, not just opinion, but um, from your word. And I pray that you'd help it to make the case, and that your spirit would reinforce it this morning. God, help us to have open hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. How many of you in here are coffee drinkers? Okay, you can raise your hand and even say your name. I'm Jason. Hi, Jason. You know, it's a big addiction group here. <laughs> I drink coffee. I, I typically will drink a, one cup of coffee a day. That's it for me. How many of you drink more than one cup of coffee a day? Okay, just keep your hand up till it's more than what you drink. Okay, how many drink two cups of coffee? Three cups. 
Four cups. Five cups. Six cups. Okay, addictions hotline. <laughs> Are you? Seven cups. Eight. How many of you never put a coffee cup down? It's just always, okay, all right. So now we, I don't even know how you're sitting still this morning. Um, you're the kind of people, though, that probably have a mug or at least need a T-shirt that says, don't talk to me till I've had my coffee. You know, that, that real approachable saying that people have on a T-shirt. And, and some people just cannot function until they've had their coffee. And, and I understand it. Some mornings are like that. I'm typically just a one-cup guy, and then I move on. But, but for you, for some, that one element has to be in place for you to function. Uh, and before you judge, most of us, if you say, I don't drink coffee, um, I, I don't need coffee, and you're like downing a monster energy drink, that's not any better, okay? Uh, most, of, most of us, though, have something in our lives like that, that we really need to be in place before we can move forward and before we can function, before um, we can take care of things. I, I feel that way about our yard, you know, and I've talked, I talk about it in my yard too much, but that's okay, I mean... Uh, we all have our idols, and, and uh, you know, this last week, was, it's, been, it's been hard on those of us that like a green yard because it hasn't been raining much, and, and I'm thankful for the rain that we've had. And, and so on Thursday, I looked at our yard, and I drove down the street, and I told my wife, I said, our yard looks the worst of any yard on the street. I said, I, when I, tomorrow's my day off. Fridays, I, I take Fridays off, and tomorrow's my day off. I'm waking up early. And I'm starting in the yard, and I'm not coming inside until the yard looks up to my satisfaction, okay? Any men ever have a day like this, and you feel this way? I felt this way on Friday. And, uh, and so I, we started working. We worked, I worked all day. I did things in the yard and just took care of the things that needed to be taken care of. I could not move forward until that one thing was in place. Um, my, you know, we all have things like that. Maybe for you, it's at work that you've got this one project and it's weighing on you and you've got to take care of it and you cannot move on to the next thing until you take care of this one thing. Maybe it's uh, if you homeschool your kids, you've got to get your, this one child um, to sit still for two minutes and do this one thing. And, and if you could just do that, everything would fall into place. You know, there's, uh, for most of us, we have that one thing that unless it's done, we cannot move forward. Uh, unless my desk is clean, you can't move forward. Unless the kitchen is done, I can't lay down tonight. I've got to take care of it. And, and it's true but in, this, in many areas of life, but the same thing is true in a church and that there are certain things that have to be in place if a church is going to move forward. If a church is going to function and do what it's supposed to do, um, then everything must be in place in a way that God wants it to be. And, and Paul is teaching the church at Corinth that every person have a, has a place, every person is important to the function of the whole. And if one person fails to do their part, none of it works efficiently. And, and so chapter 12 is a call to action. Unfortunately, many churches are declining in action. Uh, Ten years ago, I, I was looking up statistics again for this, and 28% of people attended church on a weekly basis. That was 10 years ago in 2013. That number last year was down to 20%. And you say, well, that doesn't sound very big, except 28 down to 20 in a matter of 10 years. If that trend continues, um, it won't be long before, I mean, we're Europe in many ways. And that very few people are attending and, and a, a part of a local church. And, 
And uh, in fact, 10 years ago, 28% of people never attended, I mean, sorry, attended a church weekly. 19% never attended. And so the roles have, have, have flipped. And the number that was in church is now never in church. And the number that wasn't in church is, is, is now back to the bottom number. As, as of last year, um, they, those numbers flipped. And, and those that never attend is 31%. Uh, the trends are not good, especially uh, since COVID. I mean, houses of worship are shuttering. Churches are closing down. Churches are without pastors and in need of somebody to come in and, and, and revive it and renew it. 29% of millennials and 34% of Gen Z have no religious affiliation. None. And, and so you start looking at the, the trends and you, and you say, okay, where will we be if this continues? But, but not just that. I think, yes, where will we be if it continues? But it's good for us to examine what caused it. And I can't lay my finger on it exactly. I have some ideas. We, we, we're pretty quick to blame the culture. And I know the culture is a pull. The culture has an effect on us. Um, but, we, but we can't blame the culture completely. We certainly can't blame politicians. Um, I mean, I know there's a lot of godless leadership allowing godless things to happen in our country right now. Um, but, but we can't blame them for the church, church not being what it's supposed to be. I mean, some people say, well, I've had a bad church experience. And, and although that may contribute to the decline, I believe it goes much deeper than that. I believe the mentality is, is deeper, and, and I, rem, I, I believe it's a, a view of what membership means, of what a church is supposed to be in my life. I, I believe that that's a big part of it, and we can see in 1 Corinthians 12 what membership actually means. Um, and, and so it was American Express, I believe, in the 80s that had the slogan, membership have, has its privileges. I don't know if you remember that or I've seen that before. And the idea is when you're a member of something... You get certain privileges or certain uh, perks, um, certain special treatment because you're a member. Um, I, I, I am a member of the American Airlines Advantage program. And don't think it's as cool as it sounds, okay? Um, we, so I try to fly American when I can and try to earn points and, and try to do that when it's possible. And so um, I'm at a level now that sometimes... I'll get upgraded. It's only happened a couple of times, but for the first time in my life, um, a couple of months ago, I was able to fly first class. Oh, y'all weren't very impressed. I was upgraded to first class. I'm sitting there watching all the peasants walk by me. You know, don't make eye contact, you know. Well, I mean, they're bringing me, um, you know, uh, water before I even start in a glass, glass. Even, I mean, it was special, special treatment. And, and I, you know, I, I got used to it. Had lots of room in the airplane seat and, and, no, and, and nobody even sat next to me. So, I mean, I was spread out. I had a great time in first class. Of course, it was only like an hour and a half flight, but I really enjoyed it for the, that hour and a half. Um, next leg, I was humbled quickly because I was back in coach between two people that took up more in my seat than I did. And I was sitting there, and you know, if that had happened to me before, I wouldn't have thought much of it. But because I've got, I had gotten a taste of the good life, I had a bad attitude. I was like, this isn't how, I, I'm an Advantage member. 
I shouldn't be treated like this. You know, I'd experienced the perks. I had experienced um, the, the privileges of membership. And then I expected the privileges of membership. And it became almost a matter of entitlement um, for just a moment in my life. And I really believe that's the dangerous view of church membership. Is that we start to view church membership as an expectation of the perks. But, but that's not the way it gets described in scripture. You see we start to think that being a member means that someone has to meet all my needs. And, and, and check up on me and take care of this and take care of that. And that is a role of the church. But that is not what the Bible focuses on when it tells us our responsibility. When you read the book of 1 Corinthians, you read what Paul has to say about the responsibility of church membership, you realize it wasn't all about the perks. It wasn't all about the privileges. It was about the expectations. And he gives these three truths about biblical church membership um, just to try to summarize it so we can understand it. Um, three truths about biblical church membership here in 1 Corinthians 12. He says every member is necessary. Every member is necessary. That's the first. And we even uses the word down in verse 22 that every member is necessary. You know, we have some people that ask, are you a membership church? And that's kind of a new question that I hadn't really been um, confronted with before. But are you a membership church? Well, I say, yeah, we're a membership church because that's terminology the Bible uses. Membership. Look at verse 12. For as the body is one and hath many members. And so it's not unscriptural for us to use the idea or even the term membership because it's in the Bible. And, and Paul uses the example of a local church then to, to compare or give a picture of those who are placed in Christ. And when he says, when you get saved and when you get placed into Jesus Christ, whether you're a Jew, whether you're a Gentile, whether you're a slave, whether you're a free man, there's no difference. And the same thing is true for a church body, he says. Everybody has a place in the body. Just like if you're saved, you're placed into Jesus Christ. In a church, in a local church, which is a picture of Jesus Christ, every member comes in, they're placed, and every member is the same. Uh, we're, we're all necessary. Verse 14, for the body is not one member but many. The body functions as a unit, but that unit is made up of many members. Some seem more important than others, don't they? Verse 15, look what it says. If the foot shall say, because I am not, not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? So, I mean, there are some members who don't seem as important in, in a body. And let's talk about feet if we have to. I mean, feet are not very appealing. Most, there are people that just don't like feet. It, keep your shoes on, okay? We, we had a, this family in our church at a previous church, and they would let their kids in church take their shoes off. But I don't know if you've ever been around kids in their shoes, there are a few things that smell worse than a kid's shoes. So they would take, let them take their shoes off in church. And, and you could, it would knock you over from three pews away. And, and it was kind of like there was this one family right here. And then after a while, there's like a large gap of people, of pews around them. Nobody wanted to sit by them because of the smell coming from the... So parents, let, keep your kid's shoes on, okay? I mean, I'm thinking about putting it in the church constitution... But let's not get to that point. 
There's something about feet. Um, but just because, but listen, just because it's, it's not as attractive or appealing, would we say that a foot doesn't belong in the body? Well, no. How many of you ever broken your foot or sprained your ankle and been on a, on a, in a cast or had problems? Yeah, we all, I mean, if you have, then you know how difficult it is to, to function if you don't have use of your feet. Feet are helpful. If you don't have feet, you're limited. And, and, and the idea he's getting across is some members are feet. Not really, but that's the idea. And I don't, I'm not going to say who's who. Every member matters. That's what he's saying. Don't assume that one member of the body is less important just because they have a different role. Verse 16, if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Uh, if the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? We have people in our church that, that don't have the privilege of eyesight. They don't have the ability to see. Um, we also have people, I mean, even in this room today, that don't have the ability to hear. Um, and, but just because uh, there are some that can hear and some that can see, uh, it doesn't mean that one is less important. Um, in, uh, hearing is just as important as seeing. Seeing is just as important as hearing. And when there's one that doesn't function, you don't, the whole thing doesn't function very well. I mean, you have things to overcome. And we have to overcome those things in our bodies. You have to overcome that in a church. And every member matters. Every member has a different role. And which, which means that every person has a role that you are meant to play. And if you're meant to be a member, you have a role. And if there are pieces missing, then the function is not effective. When you are missing, and I'll say this boldly and loudly, when you're missing, it's incomplete. And I'm not saying that you can't ever go out of town. I'm not saying that you should never miss a service. I'm saying when there's a role for you to play that God has for you to play and you're not fulfilling that role, the whole church suffers. It, it is incomplete. It cannot be effective because something gets left undone. And if you think, well, I'm not sure about that. Look at verse 18. I read it twice. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. So don't assume that this is just um, a random thing. No, God has a hand in the members of a body. And God has a hand in who belongs. It means something to God. And here's the phrase that I, it's been on my mind since I've been studying for this. If God has a hand in who is a member, then God has a plan for you as a member. If God has a hand in who is a member, then God has a plan for you as a member. Church membership matters so much to God that he has a plan for you as a member. He has a personalized routine, a personalized plan. And, you know, if you go to a gym and you hire a, a personal trainer, they're not going to give you the same routine and the same diet, and the same workouts as they would give somebody else with, that doesn't have anything near your body type. No, they're going to personalize it for you. They, they give you, a, did you know that God has a personalized plan for your life? He has a personalized plan for how he wants you to be involved in your local church. And if God has a hand, and who is a member, then God has a plan for you as a member. And he wants you to be involved. And he wants you to serve. He, he has a plan maybe for you to mentor 
some young Christian and he could have a plan for you to be involved in the orchestra or the choir if that's your gift, you know. It not, it's not for everybody, but for some, uh, we, there, it is for you and you just haven't maybe taken the leap. He definitely wants you to be friendly. Everyone can do that. That's God's plan for everybody. He wants you to be welcoming. That's God's plan for everybody. We know for sure that God has a plan. The question is, have you embraced God's plan for yourself as a member? Because every member is necessary. And if you're not in your place, who fulfills your responsibilities? Every member is necessary. Number two, every member is complementary. So every member is necessary and every member is complimentary. Look at verse 19. And if they were all one member, where were the body? If they're all noses, there's no body. Verse 20. But now are they many members, yet one body. Isn't that interesting? If you've got a bunch of one thing, it's not a body. It's not unified. But if you've got a bunch of different things together, it is a body. It is unified. I mean, that leaves me scratching my head how that works, but that's how it works. You can't have all of one thing and it be a body. If you want to call it a body, it has to be many, many different things, diversified, complementary. Feet aren't as attractive as hands, but feet do something that hands can't do. Um, it's, these are necessary. A nose is necessary. I mean, if anything taught us that, COVID taught us that. And I, I mean, how many of you lost your sense of smell or in your taste when you, if you had COVID? How many of you have long-term effects of, of taste and smell even still? Okay, some. I mean, that's depressing, isn't it? I, like you, that you can't taste some of the things that you used to really enjoy. And we thought, well, we lost our taste and smell. And so we're going to just sit at home and not eat because we're not hungry. So no, we ate everything. We're like, well, maybe I can taste this. Well, maybe I can taste this. Well, maybe I can, hello, you know, Jimmy John's. Maybe I can taste you. You know, we ate everything. It didn't help. You know, and, and, that, and so if you can't taste, you know, your nose, your, your sense of smell helps you taste food. And, and that seems like a small thing, but that's the great thing about the working of a body. Each part, each system of the body does its job and, and nothing else can do that job. They work together to complete the function of the person. Meaning every person or every member functioning is just as important as the other. No one gets to sit back and just be served. And no one is sitting back on the throne at Eastside Baptist and we're waving palm trees and feeding grapes. No, look at verse 21. The eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the hand of the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body uh, which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our comely parts have more abundant comeliness. And because they're in the background, because they seem less honorable, then all the more reason to lift them up and be thankful for those parts because they're not doing it for any attention. They're just doing their jobs. And if you were here during the week at Eastside, then you would see on Monday morning church members coming up and vacuuming and taking out trash and cleaning rooms. You'd see it on Tuesday, vacuuming and taking out trash, different areas. We're not cleaning up after each other, but some have one area and another have another area. And it happens every day, just about every day of the week. Somebody is at Eastside Baptist Church doing something that nobody else sees. 
And and those uncomely, unseen parts, we should be all the more thankful for them because they're doing the things nobody else is really wanting to do. Verse 25, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice in it, with it. You know, we, everyone is on the same equal footing here. It's not like a hotel mentality. You know, in a hotel, uh, well, this is before COVID. <laughs> COVID it keeps coming up in this message. And I, I said, I'm not going to talk about COVID anymore. But here it keeps. In hotels, it seems like when COVID came, they're like, we're not going to clean your room anymore. We're not going to take care of your towels. If you need something after like two weeks, let us know. We'll bring you another roll of toilet paper, maybe if we have it. You know, I mean... The hotel service just really tanked. And that's kind of the way it worked. Well, in a hotel, when it's done the right way, well, the reason my wife loves to stay in hotels, if we go out of town, and she's like, um, they'll come and make my bed. I mean, they'll re- give me new towels. I come in, and it's like they've cleaned up for us, and it just, oh, it looks good. You know, she likes that. You know, and, and some people approach church that way, that, you know, I'm, I'm calling the shots. I rented this room. And it is your job to come in and clean the bathrooms because I have more important jobs than that. It's your job to come in and clean up after us. We've got bigger things to do. No, in a church setting, um, we're, we're all cleaning the rooms. There, there's nobody that says, you know, I sit back, you serve me. No, we all serve each other. And when one member suffers, we all suffer with that member. And when one member rejoices, we're all rejoicing with that member. Everybody is on equal footing. That's how it works in a church. It's complementary. You know, diversity is such a buzzword these days. But diversity, the way the culture expresses it, will not last because uh, you're expected to accept everyone, but there's no common ground at all. Um, but in a local church, it's meant to be diverse. There's a diversity of gifts, but we have the commonality of Jesus Christ to start with. So we, have, we come together around a shared interest, around a common goal. You see, once you place your faith in Christ, once you are saved, the diversity of a local church then plays out in that people of every race and every color and every background with the all, every gift that you can imagine They all come together, they all have different gifts, they all have different abilities and different mindsets and different strengths and different weaknesses, and it all comes together, and because everybody's different, that's where we get our strength. It's not about what we get, it's about finding a way to give. You have gifts that this church needs. Verse 27, now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. And that word particular, it it means you've been assigned. One part of the whole. You have a specific spot. You are uniquely gifted to contribute. Now, there are areas that we need to do better at. I agree with that. There's never been a perfect church. Any church I've been a part of has been imperfect. Because I've been a part of it, okay? Hope you saw the implication. I understand. Maybe you've got some ideas on how to improve. And, and, but maybe that area, you're thinking, man, I really wish we did this better. Well, maybe that area represents your gift. Yeah. 
Maybe that area represents the, the role that God intends for you to play and contribute here at Eastside Baptist Church. And the reason you're passionate about it is not because you're picky, but because God has given you a seed in your heart that says, I care about this area. I'd love to see this area do better. I'm not threatened by that. God does not intend for this pastor to do it all. I can't. I'm limited, and the, the longer I do it, the more limited I recognize I am. Not, only be, not just because I'm one person, but because I have my gifts. I don't have all the gifts. I have, and really, and I have one responsibility according to Acts 6, which is the ministry of the word and prayer. And most of my time, honestly, is spent doing that. But you might be the person God designed for a certain area in this point in time at Eastside Baptist Church. And you're passionate about it, and I'm thankful for it. Just let me say that that may be God's way of, of prodding you to say, I'd love to help in this way. It's okay. You matter. You bring something to the table that nobody else does. But you will have to choose whether or not you see the church as meeting your needs or if you view this church as an opportunity to use your gifts to help meet its needs. Right. See, biblical church membership, every member is necessary. Every member is complimentary. But for every member, service is voluntary. Every member is necessary, every member is complimentary, but service is voluntary. There is no forced involvement at Eastside Baptist Church, unless you're a staff member, with Samuel, no, and, and the interns especially. No, the way Paul describes it is not this. See, a lot of times we think this is what you need to do in a church. No, here's how Paul describes it. If you read the language, here's what he does. He says, this is what you are. You are a body. And this is what a body does. He never says, this is what you ought to do, so do it. No, he says, if you are what you say you are, here's what it looks like. And if you are truly a member, a functioning, passionate member of Eastside Baptist Church, there won't have to be somebody come behind you prodding you to say, come on, do something. No, because if you are what you say you are, then this is what it looks like. And, and, it's, and that's voluntary though. There's no force. There's no, you know, there's no requirement. It is just us saying, okay, if you are part of this body, and that, that's what gives me the authority as the pastor to stand up and say, hey, if you're a member, we need more people on outreach. And, and, I don't, and, and I'm not saying that, well, come on, get out there and do it. No, I'm saying if you're part of the body, this is what we do. That's our motivation. And I'm thankful, you know, we started our bus ministry outreach yesterday. We had 15, 20 people come. It was a blessing. But imagine what we could do with more. You know, if you're part of the body, and if it means something to you, and I'm not saying, okay, we've got work, I've got these other things going. I'm saying that if we're a body, that's just an example. As a body, this is what a body does. It works together. It functions. It does what it's supposed to. There's no force. It's not like, you know, in World War I, it was Uncle Sam needs you. And people responded because there was a need and, and every person felt like they had a role to play. That's different than uh, the draft. Drafting people, requiring them to go to war. There's a difference. And, and really, this is an Uncle Sam kind of a thing here. 
and that we need you. This is what you are, so do what you're supposed to do. As a member of the body, you decide how involved you are. It is completely voluntary. Some are all in, and they find places to serve. Others are kind of waiting for something right. That's, I, I get that. Some are content to just attend. But God desires that every member volunteers and every member contributes. In, in fact, it's God's will. And I can say this, I really believe with authority from Scripture. It is God's will, according to 1 Corinthians 12, that every person has a place and every person serves because there is no scriptural allowance given for not having a place to serve in the body. And I know there are limitations. I, I, for some, it may be the season of life you're in. I mean, we've got some with new babies. Uh, we, you know, we have some that just change jobs. We have some with, that have a schedule that doesn't allow at times. And it could be your health. It could be your age. It could be that you're taking care of somebody. I love to see Donna here this morning. She takes care of her husband. And she can't be as involved as she has been or wants to be. And it, it could be that your place in the body is to diligently pray for the rest of the body. It's needed. Maybe you're hurting right now. Maybe you're facing difficulties. And maybe all you can do right now is be here to be encouraged because you need it and you need somebody to love you and love on you. So be here, be faithful and get what you need in that way. But for the rest, do you have a consistent place to serve? Because you cannot from scripture say, I can be part of a church and have no responsibilities. I don't see where you could find it. Right. Say, well, I don't really have a place to serve. Greet every guest that you can. Help them feel welcome. We have many, many that come for one time and they don't come back. And I just wonder how many, if we would have our folks to say, hey, come to lunch with me. You make a connection on one Sunday. I wonder how many would say, this is the kind of place I want to be involved in. You don't have to have a position to serve that way. You don't have to, have to have a position to pick up trash. Uh, anyone can sing out during congregationals. Anyone can pass out tracts during the week. And if you're ready to find a place, let's talk. And we, I'll do what we can when we can. The question, though, is what kind of volunteer am I? Am I faithful to my ministry? Am I faithful to services? Faithfulness means that you are on time in your place and engaged every service. Are you going through the motions maybe? That's why Paul led into 1 Corinthians 13. Because he doesn't just want us going through the motions. He wants us to do it for the right reasons. It's easy to serve and lose the heart behind it. And, you know, there's a song. What kind of church would my church be if every member was just like me? How many souls would be saved today if it all depended on what I say? You know, how, if Eastside followed your lead, how faithful to services would we be? If every member was like you, would we be active? If we were all like you, how much love would we serve with and treat people with? If, if Eastside was full of members like you, how engaged would we be during the singing? Folks, every member matters. Every member is necessary. Every member is complimentary. But every member is voluntary. It reminds me of that old game. There's a game called Jenga. You guys know the game, Jenga? It's like... Um, it's one of those anxiety-inducing games. It's like, you know, the evil gift of giving the ch your child operation when they were little. It's like, oh, I can't, <laughs> you know. Well, Jenga's kind of that way. I've got, I should have a picture. This is what Jenga's supposed to look like when you start, okay? It's, it's very, I mean, it's sturdy. 
Every block has a place. I mean, some are in the bottom, some are in the middle, some are at the top, some are on the backside and you can't really see them. This is a picture of a local church. This is what it's supposed to look like. Well, in the game, Jenga, then you have the, um, the dreaded uh, responsibility of removing one block at a time, which would lead us to the second picture that looks a little bit like this. And, you know, you start pulling those pieces out. Now there's some pieces missing. So would you say the stability of the game is worse or better than it was in the first picture? It's worse because now it's missing some pieces. And now some pieces are being pulled out. And the stability that could have been enjoyed is now being compromised because there are pieces that aren't in their place. And every piece is necessary. Every piece is complementary. In, in other words, the ones on the bottom, they do their part. The ones at the top do their part. They all work together to complete one unit. Um, but if you look at it this way, then you could say, but every piece is also voluntary, meaning that piece doesn't have to be there if somebody pulls it out. And so what happens then if enough pieces in the game get pulled out? Well, then this is what happens. Then it falls over. The stability of a local church is when you say as a member, I'm going to be a biblical member because I don't believe I'm anything special, but God says I'm necessary. So I'm assuming I'm necessary. And, and I don't feel special. I don't feel like I have much to add, but God says I'm complimentary. So he has a role for me to play. And yes, it's not forced, it's voluntary. But I will volunteer and I'm going to be all in because I know the importance of every piece being in their place. And I don't want it to be the reason that a church can't be what it's supposed to be just because I didn't take the role that I was supposed to take. Thank you guys, you can take that off. It, so really what we're saying is that you must decide how biblical you want to be as a member of Eastside Baptist Church. Folks, membership is more than perks and privileges. Membership is a commitment to voluntarily serve our Savior in the place he allows us to. And in this very passage, Paul compared salvation in Christ to the local church body. And if you've received, listen, if you've received eternal life through Christ, then you should become a member and committed to that which he died for, the church. Not just for the perks, but to serve. Not just for the privileges, but for the opportunities. And not because you're obligated, but because you're thankful for your salvation. See, it's a way to let your Savior know how much you appreciate what he's done for you. And if God has a hand in who is a member, then he has a plan for you as a member. And if you're not a member, I want you to ask God where, where he wants you to be a member. And I hope it's here, but if not, find a place that preaches the Bible. Find a place that's less concerned about the trends and more, more concerned about doctrine. And then find a place that you can serve. If you are a member, find your place and serve. How does that start? Well, be faithful. Opportunities come to those that are here. 
Be consistent. Be on time to services. And that's a big deal to me. I know it's not a big deal to everybody. But faithfulness starts by getting to church on time. Be in your place every service. Be as consistent to the Lord's work as you would want somebody to be if you were their boss. Don't wait for a position. Greet guests. Be hospitable. Ask a guest to sit with you. Treat it like marriage, not a date. Meaning, Ephesians 5 says members are exclusive. Members are committed. They, they don't date the church. Members are committed. And maybe you're here and you've never begun a relationship with Christ. Well, this all starts with salvation. That you are a sinner and you need Jesus Christ as your Savior. And if you will place your faith in him today, then you can be placed in Jesus Christ. The next step is baptism. Baptism won't save you, but it will let others know that you've been placed in Christ, that you now have faith in the Lord and you've been saved. It identifies you with a church. It identifies you with a body of doctrine. And it lets people know, I am all in and I'm committed here. And then once you are saved and you're baptized, then it is now time to find a place for you to be committed for you to volunteer and, and be all in. And you might say, well, what's in it for me? Well, that's where we started. See, you have a Savior who was all in for you. And he died for the church. And it matters to him. And he places people in churches as it pleases him. Listen, so here's the thing. The benefit's already here. It's not about what Eastside Baptist Church has done for you. It's about what Christ has already done for you. And if you are thankful for the benefit of salvation, live it out by being all in in your local church. In other words, don't be a member that is only all in in order to receive the privileges. Be a member that is all in because you've already received eternal privileges. And the least you can do is say, I'm going to love that which Christ loves, and I want to exhibit my gratitude and thankfulness to him for salvation by being all in in my local church. Folks, you are necessary, you are complimentary, but this is voluntary. So volunteer, be all in, because Jesus Christ, he was all in for you. Let's stand together.